Today on the show, we're talking about ways to beat procrastination. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and today we're talking all about how to beat procrastination, this, this phenomenon that plagues all of our lives. And I'm joined with Trevor today to talk about that. So procrastination, it's probably been the undoing of, of a lot of people in various stages of their lives. I've been the victim of procrastination and it, it's, it's, a, it's a thing you do to yourself, which is the, the, the real sadness of the whole thing. Is procrastination is, is an internal thing. Nobody can, can cause you to procrastinate other than yourself. So that's the, the, the real sadness of pro- procrastination. But on this podcast, we talk about having a plan and, and being deliberate and, and all these positive things. Getting in the way of that often is yourself in procrastination, stopping you from pro- progressing and, and achieving your goals. And it's at the end of the day, it's only you stopping yourself. And when it, when it's you stopping yourself, you just feel bad, real, real bad about yourself. So you're saying that, and again, to tie to tie it back to personal finance, you're saying that maybe that's for for some individuals the reason they maybe don't achieve their personal finance goals or or even or even embark on that journey is because of this procrastination phenomenon and a lot of times it's it's this that's correct is you you don't get you don't get your goals quite often because you you got in your own way and it's it could be you know changing your career path or applying for that job you you just love to have but you just you keep putting it off because you, you you're you're afraid of the outcome or a whole host of reasons but it, it's you getting in the way of your own goals and I think the thing to note about procrastination is that most of the time or usually procrastination is simply just a perceived challenge or a perceived hurdle you have to overcome and it's, it's generally not as as large or insurmountable as as you do perceive it to be so that would be what you're describing i think you'd be procrast- procrastinating because you maybe lack some confidence so, so that 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 is an example but a lot of times people they they just call themselves lazy when actually they're just procrastinating, procrastinating a task that needs to be done. So when you, that is one that's common when you say, and I think it's a lack of confidence. So you just keep putting it off because you're not sure of the outcome, or or even if you're going to be going down the right road, road to get the outcome you want. So your confidence is lacking. So you'll keep procrastinating and putting off taking on that challenge because you don't know the outcome's uncertain. When the reality, most things in life, the outcome is going to be uncertain. So that that's not a good reason to procrastinate and not move forward with your goals. So Trevor, where do you think, before we even just dive into this article, where do you think this this phenomenon of procrastination starts from? I know when I was in university, it's it kind of became, procrastinating kind of became the norm or the, the accepted accepted scenario of how how you went about doing your assignments and and studying for exams I mean everyone there was this kind of ongoing thing I guess you could call it where it was it was how how badly could you procrastinate before you started studying or 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 what Netflix show were you going to watch before we actually start studying like that that was kind of the 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 really the norm that just became the constant all throughout uh post-secondary for me but but where do you think kind of the origin 
of procrastination starts like why do you think it is become this 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 phenomenon that really stops us in our track well it's interesting to hear you say where does it start because it starts when you start getting responsibility put upon you so it, it can it starts in your teenage years when uh, you're in school and you're given a responsibility to prepare for uh, a test or a project and, and you're giving a really long time horizon to work with. This is where procrastination or originates. And if just if you don't beat it in your youth, it doesn't mean you're, you're doomed to be a, a perpetual procrastinator in your adulthood. I think you, once we go through this article, you're going to see there's ways you can set yourself up to succeed or to beat procrastination. So it starts in your youth or it starts as soon as you get responsibility put upon you with time horizons greater than one day. That's when procrastination begins. So you mentioned the article. Let's dive into that now. It is called 11 Ways to Stop Procrastination by Celestian Chung. And it is from uh, lifehack.org. Dot org. We have covered uh, articles from this website before, and we'll link this specific article in the show notes. And I want to say, I, I want to say, this is a fabulous website, lifehack.org. Oh, it is. There is just a, a plethora of things, and you know, we're dialing in on a behavioral one, but there is everything from fitness to to health to finances. This, this is just a, a phenomenal resource for anybody and everybody in all aspects of your life. So before we dive into the 11 practical ways to stop procrastination, there's this one line that I really like. It's in the introduction of the article. And it, it's it's about how we put off important tasks we should be doing till it's too late. And when it is indeed too late, we panic and wish we got it started earlier. So I don't know about you, but this screams uh, personal finance and and how we go about doing any everything related to that. I mean, Trevor, how often do you, do you come across someone maybe... Uh, a little bit older uh, in in their life, and they they maybe wished that they started uh, thinking about retirement earlier, but they again procrastinated that. Yeah, that that's the the utopia of personal finance procrastination is not saving your retirement because it's an extremely long time horizon, and if you don't act on it a little bit every day, you have no chance of catching up. So that that for sure is you know that just screams personal finance, procrastination at, at its finest. But I, I think the thing with procrastination is quite often if you keep ignoring a goal or a, a problem or an objective, a lot of times it will pass you by, meaning you can't recover from it. It, it, becomes, it becomes your undoing. And those are the ones that are the saddest. If you procrastinate and an opportunity passes you by and, and you've, you've missed it, it's, you, you've missed it for good. So th- that's when it's really sad about procrastination. So it's kind of this cumulative effect that can keep growing and growing. But do you think your cumulative, cumulative procrastination can, can really truly be th- therefore your undoing? Well, when you say cumulative, I mean, if you keep procrastinating about objective after objective after objective problem after problem after problem you just keep letting them stack up behind you it for sure will be your undoing earlier i was talking about where you just say you pass up you're procrastinating on applying for your your dream job and somebody else gets it well sure another dream job might come up but you're going to constantly think about that one that you let get you let get away 
And, and that's the kind of thing that it'll just gnaw away at you forever. No, that's that, that is a very true point. So now let's jump into point number one for the as the first practical way to stop procrastination. And point number one is break your work into little steps. We're going to do tie this back to personal finance, uh, each one. But if you think of a, a big home renovation or a home repair, if you look at the, the, the whole thing and say, you know, this is a, a huge task, it, it, it's going to take all summer to do, you won't want to start it because it's just going to eat up your whole summer. But if you look at it in small incremental tasks, like maybe there's a, some demolition to be done. So you, you can sort of look at that as, as one goal is I'm going to get this shed or this deck de- demolished so I can put up a new one, but forget about the new one. Just focus on getting rid of the old one. So if you break things into small, small, small steps, another one, just say you're writing a book. Well, you can break this article kind of breaks. It, it uses that example where Writing a book is a, is a daunting task and you would just procrastinate about doing it. But if you just said, you know what, I'm going to research the idea of writing a book. I'm just going to do some research and see if there's enough meat on the bone here to write a book. Then just say you spent six months doing that and you've accumulated quite a bit of research material. You think, well, you know, for sure there's, there's enough here to do a book. Still, if you said, okay, now I'm going to write a book, that's still a daunting task because it's still a lot of work. So you might procrastinate and say, you know what, even though I've done all this research and there's enough here for a book, I'm still not going to write the book because it's way too big of a job. But then if you just sort of outlined, you know, how would this book look at a very high level? And you spent six months doing that. And now you've got the framework of chapters and then you say, well, you know, this kind of logically flows and somebody could understand it. You know, there could be some value here for somebody. So now you, you've, you've kind of knocked off two big things and now you're thinking, okay, I'll write a couple of chapters and just see how it goes. So you can see how it was, not only is it broken into small pieces, but one kind of builds on the next. As opposed to procrastination, one starts motivating you to do the next one and do the next one. So the small pieces, I think this is probably out of the 11 that we're going to talk about, this is the one that will help defeat procrastination the most. And when you when you talk about breaking into little pieces, what I like about this point, what the author of this article really expresses is that those the chunks and sizes of those pieces is all decided by yourself. So no one's standing back and saying what each each piece should contain. I mean, if the author says that if you break it down and it still feels overwhelming, break it down more. Make each of the items that you have to complete to move towards the final goal more smaller and smaller and more manageable and more bite-sized. You know, I remember working with a, so I, I work in corporate finance and I remember working with a project engineer who, who was leading up a very large project on, on a, a factory expansion. And I remember reading about the, the synopsis of this expansion and it was just a huge undertaking and I, I couldn't imagine being in charge of it. And then I went to a couple of meetings and I worked with a guy who was in charge of it all. And his ability to break things into small pieces was phenomenal. Like you, he, he was trained in breaking things into small pieces without question because he, he's a project manager. But he could take any problem, anything, any, any problem somebody brought to him, and he would instantly break it into pieces. It, it, without even like pausing, he would have this thing broken into manageable pieces that need, you know, this is a huge problem. And within minutes, he'd have it broken into logical pieces 
and he would sort of delegate these pieces to, to help solve the bigger problem. But he did this like everyone else was breathing. This guy would just break things down like that. So it's a skill that can be developed for sure. But when you say it's a skill to be developed, I'm sure this again is a skill that it takes a, I want to say a lifetime to master, but doesn't come necessarily easy. It's something you have to work at. Oh, it's definitely something you have to work at. I think it, it, it takes years and years of practice of always breaking things down into small pieces and little steps. But I, I think it, it, if, if you're not used to doing it, you have to be very conscious and, and deliberate about saying, here's a problem. The first thing I'm going to do is see if I can break this down. You know, that, that has to be your go-to mindset. And I, I, I'm, I'm flawed here because I, I get caught up in the, the, the bigger problem and, and how daunting it can be all the time. So this isn't easy. It, you're right. It, it could take a lifetime of, of working at it. So let's po- move on to the second way to stop procrastination. The second way is to change your environment. So here's one a lot of people go right, right to. And when I was studying the post-secondary studies, I, I would try studying at home and I, I, there's so many distractions. I would fail miserably. And, and I would, my, my actual study time to distraction time was probably 50-50. And it wasn't until late in my post-secondary studies that I, I, I decided going to the public library where there was no friends there. There was, back then there was no internet, but there was no other TV distractions or radio. I would go to the library and I would sit in that, not in one of those uh, easy chairs, but a, a, an uncomfortable chair at a, at a desk or a table. And I would sit there and grind it out. And I got so much studying done in a library. In an, it, it, it seems, because everyone there is kind of doing the same thing, studying. So it feels like if you're not studying, you, you, you're kind of the, the the freak in the room, right? You're you're the one who's not being normal. So that's a great example of if you're studying, go to a library. Another one is if you're trying to get yourself in shape fitness-wise. And again, at home, you can make a million excuses why you can't hit the weights or get on that treadmill or exercise bike. But if you go to the gym, that's all you're doing there. So change that environment, go to the gym. Everyone else is exercising. You should be too. So I think changing your environment is super powerful. I really, really like uh, that point about basically surrounding yourself with uh, individ- like-minded individuals or individuals who are engaging in the same behavior you ultimately want to be engaging in. And I think that could even extend farther to if you want to, if you want to maybe improve your health, spend time with individuals who are also health focused because in that environment you're, you're more likely to 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 kind of div- think that way and think those those healthy thoughts and I thought I think is a, so key. You talk about the library, the gym, and and you're right. It, I remember when I was studying, I it, I couldn't pin down why I was more motivated to study in the library, but again, it was because everyone else around me was head down on their cubicles and and doing the same thing. And so where I said number one is probably the most powerful. Number two is the easiest one to do and get results changing your environment is literally walking down the street to your library getting in your car going to a library you don't it's not going to take a lot of motivation to go change your environment so this number two is without question going to be the easiest one so i have two kind of follow-up questions to to ask you so my first one is i know you enjoy woodworking and it's something it's a, it's a hobby for you 
when I mean, and again, hobbies are something that you should enjoy and want to engage in. But if there's a project that you really, really want to embark on, but you're kind of uh, you, you feel like you're procrastinating getting started just because it is so big, you're you're obviously bound to the conf- confines of your workshop. How do you how do you motivate yourself to to kind of get out of that out of that procrastination mindset and when you can't change your environment, do you utilize uh, as we go on some of the other uh, ways, or or do you do you, is there anything you do that revolves around the environment? Well, making a piece of furniture it really is about breaking it into small little steps. And there's a preparation of the wood. There, well, first you have to go buy the wood. Then you have to sort of surface the wood and get it in dimensions you need it in. And then there's a joinery. And then there's the assembly, then there's a the finishing. So it really is about breaking it into small pieces. That's how you don't let procrastination get in the way of building a, a, a beautiful piece of furniture. So for that, environment really isn't a consideration. I'm just, I'm just trying to grasp it an example for any of our listeners where environment, envi- you can't really change the environment. You make a good point because my workshop is in my basement. And that's the last place I want to be on a nice sunny day in the summer is in my basement so uh, unfortunately i with all my tools i can't relocate that that workshop so it turns out i do less furniture building in the summer and more in the winter so and you're right it's my environment that that makes me not want to go down there and do that the odd rainy day i might go putter at something but i won't take on a big project in the summer months so if, if we're looking at a carpenter or someone who uh, that is their main source of income, I think the challenges for, for that individual may be unique because it is com- maybe a bit completely based on the environment, among other things, but environment as a big factor. Well, you know, and in, in to that point, just say I could use my garage instead of my basement. Well, come wintertime here in Canada, I, I'm going to want to spend, even if I heated it, it's still going to be somewhat uncomfortably cold. So I, I, you can't win either way in some scenarios. So I would procrastinate, you know, going into my workshop and making furniture in the winter if it was in my garage, but I'd be out there every day in the summer. So you, you kind of have to pick the worst of the two evils. And for my second question, I mean, you're no longer studying for school, so that that's not really an area where can, you procrastinate. But is there is there any, and then we talked about woodworking, but is there any other examples in your life currently where it would just with the with what you're involved in now that you've actually picked up and changed your environment because you're having trouble um getting out of that procrastination mindset so you mentioned i, I don't go to i don't study in school anymore but i still consume a lot of read i do a lot of reading consume a lot of books and well for me it's a lot of books and this is one where if you break it into smaller pieces you know i've said this before you don't want to look for this window of of 30 or 60 minutes before you will actually sit down and read because those 30 or 60 minutes may never show up. This is something, if you want to read a book, you have to be willing to consume it in small increments, you know, 10, 15 minute windows. And if, so not sitting in front of your TV is a great way to read more books. So if you're always sitting in front of your TV, remote in hand, I don't like your chances of finishing any books. So that's one where changing your environment. If if you sit down and drink a tea after supper every night, don't sit down in the room that has a TV in it. Sit down in a room that has a book in it. 
So that's a way of changing your environment and getting something done like reading a book. And again, I think that would apply to other personal finance examples, such as making sure to update your budget or or other other more specific examples, again, for personal finance. So let's move on to point number three of ways to stop procrastination. And the third way is to create a detailed timeline with specific deadlines. So I think this works for, like this could suck the fun out of uh, uh, personal ventures or or. Like I wouldn't want to do this for a hobby. I mean, this would just destroy it, right? But just say you wanted to get fit at the gym. I, I would use some vague timelines and vague de- deadlines to go at that unless I had some pressing medical condition. But when it comes to your job, I think this is mission critical. When I'm given a deadline by my uh, superiors, I I tend to pad that deadline and, and create sort of smaller deadlines to work with in my own case to get my task part of a bigger project done. So I don't agree with this uh, in your personal life. I I think it could tend to, we have enough uh, deadlines in our lives, our working lives. I don't need, think we need to create more in our personal lives because if, if avoiding procrastination makes us miserable, I I don't think we've accomplished anything. And I was actually going to ask you that. So I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, some some individuals might find deadlines restrictive. So I, I like that you think it should extend simply to to areas where it's required, such as your work life. Within this point, um, and you mentioned yourself that you, you will take, you'll kind of make different deadlines. So this point talks about how goals are broken down to monthly, weekly, and then daily task lists. So does this, does this kind of really breaking it down into different uh, timelines resonate with you for for kind of how you go about it, about making timelines for yourself at work. So I know there's people that just live by checklists. They, they just, their whole life is, is checking things off on a, on a, on a, in a notebook or on their phone. I don't operate that way. I, life to me is more than a series of things to check off on a list. I don't think you're being deliberate in what you're doing. You're just, you've just created a, an arbitrary list, list of things that are important to a particular greater good. I guess if this motivates you, that's great. But this this would be a demotivator for me. Creating, if it's something you want bad enough, I don't know that you need to be this detail-oriented. This tends to sound very anal-retentive. And then in taking what you just said and applying to personal finance, I mean, if someone is trying to work their way out of uh, consumer debt or or trying to even uh, pay off their mortgage or a car loan, you're right. I think that same kind of very driven, wanting it really, really badly will be enough of a motivator to keep you going steadily down your your list of deadlines and and what you've what you've set up and prescribed before. Here's the problem with the, the deadlines and the specific timelines is it's going to add stress to your life. And unless it, unless you really need these deadlines, it, it, just say this is the only thing that motivates you. For me, this would just add additional stress t- to my life. And I'm not going to manufacture stress ever in my life. And this would actually manufacture stress. So you're saying it, this really is person dependent if you're if our listeners are like you who maybe are are kind of just motivated on on wanting something uh to the extent which will push you to to keep going first the individual who who does thrive more on the checklist um ways yeah i know like there's people that just live for 
checking stuff off on a list. I say this, if this stops you from procrastinating, I say go for it. But for me, it would just make me miserable. And yeah, it's completely fair. Let's touch on point number four in the fourth way to to not procrastinate. And we kind of talked about this before is to eliminate your procrastination pit stops. So we talked about changing the environment and removing those uh, areas which, which will lead to procrastination. But what are some other procrastination pitfalls and how does this come into play? One thing is just say your home screen is Amazon. <laughs> That's going to get in the way of a lot of your personal finance goals. That's if, dangerous. If, yeah, if your home screen is Amazon, I, I don't like your chances. If you stop at a mall on your regular way to or from work for whatever reason, say it's for a coffee or it's gas or something, but you put yourself in front of a shopping mall on a regular basis, daily or weekly, I mean, you're just you're just asking for financial trouble. So I, th- I think you can't put temptation in front of you on a regular basis. I think it's just going to sidetrack you. I do want to, I want to go back to the shopping mall example. So in the city I live in, it's funny you bring up that example. There's this uh, shopping mall that is, I would say, I would say a shortcut to get to, uh, I have, I work from two locations. So my, the one location I work from for work, I can go through our, this, the, the main shopping center in the city and I, I maybe this is every shopping center, but there's always seems to be door one door on each side of it, which makes a perfect kind of shortcut. And you walk th- right through all of the shops and and by every store on your way to work. And you generally don't have time to stop because you're on your way to work. But when I walk, I walk back through the mall on my way home from work, and that could be really, really dangerous. You you had a, a, a busy day, you were working, so maybe you're uh, a little bit not on your on on your best uh, financial game at that point because you're a little bit emotionally weakened and mentally weakened. So that is, and uh, you know what? And I don't think the mall was designed by accident either it, to have doors on every side of convenient streets and busy streets. You know, sometimes it's good though to put your, uh, rather than put a, a pit stop or a distraction in front of you, Put your problem in front of you uh, on a more frequent basis. You know, if it's, you know, make your 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 desktop uh, some sort of motivational thing when you get to work. Make it, yeah, I don't know if you should put your financial goals on your desktop, but when I say you're, I'm talking the desktop on your computer, uh, you might want to put, you know, some inspirational messages there, something the opposite of a distraction, so, you know, inspiration. So that's, that's another way of avoiding uh, procrastination pit stops is is to put inspiration in place of distractions. And on that same note, I, I, I can't remember the name of the website, but there is this website that when you open your uh, internet browser, it pops up and it says, there's one that says, it says, hello, and then your name. So hello, Courtney. And then it, it has, it, you can you can have a message there for you and it, it just appears. So something like that where, and again, the internet could lead to, again, Amazon or something that, would, would not be uh, conducive to, to following through with your financial goals. So I, I agree, definitely agree with that. Kind of spin out the other way and, and add, add, add f- inspiration everywhere that you can. So the fourth way to eliminate procrastination is hang out with people who inspire you to take action. And Trevor, we always say in the podcast that you are who you, you are the f- five people you surround yourself by. Yeah, so you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. That, that's a common held belief and i believe it too and i've changed sort of 
the different groups of people I've been around. And I I know sometimes I, I, over the years I had friends who've moved, you know, away and I'll go visit them or they'll come visit me. And I have this one friend who is uh, really big into home renovations. He's always got a renovation on the go. And every time I talk to him, he's taken on a bigger and bigger renovation. And I, I, I say, aren't you intimidated by this? Or you could also substitute, you know, why don't you procrastinate about this? Because because I know I would. <laughs> and he, you're he that you're says, that friend. I, I'm that friend. <laughs> and, and he says he would every time he does a renovation and it it turns out or it goes okay. He's motivated to take on the next one. But the next one has to be bigger. And I love that about him. I love that that he he, he was not he's not good doing an, a renovation of equal difficulty. The next one has to be harder and more challenging. And he approaches a lot of his life that way. So being around someone like that, you can only be inspired. I mean, this guy, everything he does, he just, he, he refuses to just repeat, rinse and repeat throughout his life. It has to be building blocks and it always has to be a step up. And this guy in his work life is the same way. He, he refuses to just take on, he, he, a lateral move is not something he's signing up for ever. He, he is a ladder climber and he wants the next challenge. Even with when he's in a job, forget being promoted. When I talk about how his work going, it's always, you know, a bigger challenge he's taking on. So some people that that would stress them out. But just talking to this guy, I've, I end up feeling bad about myself <laughs> to start with. But um, but then I, after I get over that, I, I feel inspired by it. I think, you know, yeah, I can do this. I, I, I should take on a bigger challenge. And so unfortunately, I only see this this individual, I don't know, a couple times a year. I'd love it if he's my neighbor. I couldn't imagine <laughs> what I'd get done. <laughs> and I, I really love that example because we, at the beginning of the show, we talked about uh, what becomes the norm. And if you're talking to your, your friend and he's doing these things, if, if you, t- you see him all the time pretend, then that becomes the norm. And, and when you're, and when you're doing those things, it's, it's just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what he's doing. That's what I'm going to do. It's it, he, it brings this sense of uh, a can do attitude to it. So the next point and, and way that you can beat procrastination is get a buddy. So this kind of branches off from the last point that we just talked about. So I, I keep using examples that are not uh, money related, but I, I think procrastination, you could, you, you could sort of make relationship, you, you can cause an effect here. Uh, this podcast is a great example. I was just so about with, to use that as my example. So without a, a podcast co-host, I, I may have given up on this long ago, right? There, there's this accountability when you have a buddy involved. You, you don't want to let the other person down. And I think that really, I, another thing, I, I play squash in the winter and I, I have a couple of friends I play squash with. And once you book a squash court and you've, you've, you know, you've got a squash date, I'll call it, you don't want to let them down. You know they're going to be waiting for you at the squash courts. So that's an example where, but if you're going just to the gym to say work out yourself, you can let yourself down and, and the only person who's going to be sad is you. But when there's accountability, another thing I was in, an, uh, a couple of years ago, I was in an orchestra and I played bass. And we would be given a piece of music to, to practice and we'd all show up to a rehearsal hall. There'd be like 40 people there and we, we'd have to play as, a, as an orchestra. 
and you you didn't want to not be prepared for rehearsals because you will be letting all these people down playing all the wrong notes or the wrong timing and it, it was that accountability so all these people were counting on me and as as i was counting on them to know their parts and so if you can structure your life in such a way where you have an accountability partner. So in personal finance, a lot of times it's your life partner, your wife or your husband. And they're counting on you to be responsible with your money as much as you're counting on them. And you kind of use each other as, as a sounding board or or they're they're there to keep you honest. You know, to, to you, you said you wanted this financial goal and, and I said I wanted it. So let's stay focused on it. You know, if one of us gets taken off, the other one can help pull you back in line. But do you think that at some point that can become stressful or overwhelming? I mean, did did practicing your your piece for the orchestra for for every rehearsal ever stress you out or or make you really anxious? And and did maybe you begrudge going to the squash court sometimes because you you maybe weren't in the mood? Well, with the orchestra, as it turned out, eighty percent of the people in this orchestra were all retired, and they had way more hours in the day to practice than I did. And so the the band leader kept handing out more and more music to learn, and wow. I, I I I couldn't keep up. So I was I ended up uh, you know finishing the year and then then stepping away until I retire. But uh, did I I get stressed out? No, you know what I I learned at such a fast rate to read music and and, and learn pieces of music that on my own I would have never been that motivated. So I I learned faster and, and, and learned more than I ever thought I was capable of because I was being held accountable by a group of people. And when you say a group of people, another kind of example that comes to my mind is um, I, I've always kind of used to run casually um, when I back before I moved uh, to the city I'm in for school. But when I was uh, living in first year, I, I lived in a residence with, uh, with the people I became close friends with. And and I have, I had never, I've never run as much, uh, like go for uh, jogs, like five, we used to do 5k uh, jogs. And I've never gone for as many runs as I did when I ran with uh, a core group of about six to 12 individuals. We, there's this kind of core running group and we went out uh, actually every day uh, in December one for, for a kind of, we did a run challenge. And I don't think, I know for a fact, actually, I never would have uh, been out in my balaclava running uh, that many days in a row if it wasn't for, again, accountability partners. So to your point, Trevor, I, you are right. It definitely pushes you to your limits. And uh, I, I was running as fast, like faster than I ever have at that point. So I, I do agree. There is, I think, whether you see it when you're in it or whether you look back afterwards, I think there's always positivity that comes out of those those experiences. So you know how I said, number one, you break it into small steps, which is the most important. Change your environment was the easiest. Well, getting a buddy is the laziest way to beat procrastination. So just know if, if in fact, that if, if I, lazy is such a, a, a horrible sounding word, but it, it is the least amount of effort put out to beat cr- procrastination is to get a partner or a buddy. Oh, definitely. Because if they're, if they're as, if they're motivated, they can just kind of bring you along for the ride. Exactly. Yeah. They're just pulling you along. <laughs> So number seven and the seventh way to beat procrastination is tell others about your goals. Trevor, how do you feel about this point? So this is something I have done regarding, and this is, you're going to do a personal finance tie-in on this. 
uh, my early retirement at age 55, I have told anybody and everybody who would listen to me. Including you, retiring. everyone who's listening, including I you. I am retiring at 55. There is no chance I could not retire at 55 now. I, I mean, I have been singing this song for so many years to so many people that there is no backing down now. So it it makes me follow my goals and be deliberate and, and do all the, make all the right financial choices because I, there's, and it's not pride. It's just, I have told so many people I'm doing this. I don't know if I didn't do it. What, I don't know what I would say. Like, so I guess, you know what, there's an element of, of potential embarrassment if you don't follow through on something you've been saying you're going to do for as long as I've been saying I've been, I've been going to do this. So I think it's, it's motivated me to, to not procrastinate about my savings and retirement savings. So that is the runaway, the most important thing. Another thing I did is I remember when I decided I was going to start become a CPA, I would tell everybody that, that I was studying for that and that was my goal. I, I could have not succeeded, right? And people would say, oh, how did that work out? And I'd have to say, well, you know, I gave up. But I told a lot of people I was studying for that. I, that was my career aspiration to become an accountant. And I, again, I told anybody and everybody who would listen. So it, it kind of, what you end up with is everybody you told kind of becomes a, a side buddy if we relate back to, you know, get a buddy num- number six. This is kind of like you, you've got a whole circle of buddies who are just checking in on you, right? You're not doing it with them, but you've told them about it. So they're going to hopefully keep you accountable. And I, I really like that because, I mean, maybe this is uh, something we can kind of expand to our listeners. If if you're listening to this right now and and you have a goal, I mean, I, do, I think we I would love to hear about that goal that you're trying to achieve, whether it's personal finance related or not. Send us a message and, and, and let us in on that. And we be we can become that that person that you've told about that goal to to stay accountable and 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 know that you've told us and you can and be can achieve that goal. And to your point, you say whether it's it's finance related or not, it, it, it chances are it's going to be behavioral related, which will in some way impact your finances. Oh, exactly. Which is again why to to everyone who's listening to this, we why we cover every issues that are not directly at first appear uh, related to personal finance because like you said trevor everything relates back to personal finance behavioral issues uh, specifically so the second last way to beat procrastination is seek out someone who has already achieved the outcome so this is a tough one so i have a friend who did retire at 55 he's a few years older than me so he's been retired for for a couple of years and I do like to spend time with him and to see, you know, if this early retirement's all he thought it would be and and listen to all the things he's doing as he's not working and all the free time he has and, and how that's working out for him. And of course, it, it's all positive coming from him. The hard part is hearing about all the free time he has and all the things he's doing while I'm working. Now, I get that he's a couple of years older than me, so he put in the same number of years but I, I can still vividly remember us both, you know, going to work and, and meeting up after work, right? And so it's, it's, I think it's important to do, but in my situation, it's challenging. So 
I, I know my time's coming, so I, I, I do keep in constant communication with this individual, and, and he does keep me motivated knowing how great every Monday morning is in his life. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to, for that Monday to be mine. And, and the same, so saying that, it, it kind of leads me to think that that is kind of what keeps you going. I mean, you you see that and it inspires you to, to not procrastinate, to not to put your goals first and to keep moving forward in the direction that you want to move forward in. So way this ninth way to not to beat procrastination is to re-clarify your goals. And so this would be, if you have a, a, a really long distance goal, like I, I said I was going to retire at 55. I hate keep talking about myself, but this is all about me. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, I have to actually, the closer I get, I actually have to pick, pick a specific date. So my goal was 55. Well, I'm going to be 55 for 12 months, 365 days. So I actually, at some point, I have to land on a specific date. And so far, I, I've narrowed it down to a specific month. And I'm now, as it approaches closer, I'm going to get to a specific date. But re-clarifying your goals can motivate you as you get closer to them. So again, if you have a really long distance goal that's maybe 20 years in the future, say it's it's five years in the future, it's hard to get really specific about it when it's that far away. The deal, the details might yet to be ironed out. In fact, if you're forced to come up with details for something that's gonna happen five years from now, you may procrastinate because a lot of the details might be unknown, the specific details. And if, if that causes you to procrastinate, then you won't even start. But if you if your goal is too vague because it's so far in the future, as you start to approach that goal, you need to come up with more specifics to keep you motivated, to stop you from procrastinating. So I think this is this is an important one, but it's something that it, that it is constantly evolving as you start to move closer and closer to your your finish line or your your goal. So Trevor, you kind of discussed there how to keep moving forward towards uh, the original goal that you had originally wanted to achieve. But in this article, it talks about sometimes that how we can outgrow our goals um, when, and I'm quoting here, when we discover more about ourselves, but we don't change our goals to reflect that. So is that, it's not admitting defeat though, if you set this goal in your mind and then things change and you evolve, what, how do you kind of, how do you make an action plan to, to reflect that change in goal without feeling like, again, you, you have failed yourself? Here's my problem with that. Let's just say I wanted to retire at 55. And I said that when I was 30. And then all of a sudden I'm 40 midlife crisis. And I, I've got an appetite for $65,000 trucks. <laughs> and then I reclarify my goal is 60 instead of 55. And let's just say once I'm 50, I get an appetite for annual trips to France. And then I reclarify my, my retirement goal is 65. So I would caution people to to not keep moving important goals out or changing them radically just because life's unfolding differently than you thought. I I think this, this is, is a, that's a bad example of reclarifying goals. And if what this would be is you, you wouldn't procrastinate on, on, on a goal because you know, "Ah, I could always change this in the future. So I'll set this goal and start working toward it. And then when a shiny truck drives by, I, I might change it. (laughs) <laughs> so that, that sounds like the Trevor we know. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't like this one at all. The the way I, you described it. I well, like I it do, the way I described it. 
I, I, I'll throw out what has caused me to kind of pose this question to you. And I'm going to throw it back to um, post-secondary, but I mean, and it, maybe this, uh, this applicate, this doesn't actually apply to this example, but if you, if you say I'm going to graduate, uh, what's happened to me? Everyone kind of changes program, not everyone, but it's, it's common to change programs when you're, when you're in school and you pick your program and you're 18, 17, and then, and your kind of path kind of changes based on your experiences. But if you say I'm going to go to school and get a degree in, in, uh, I'll throw mine out in, in marketing and you, you get in there and, your kind of mind changes is this kind of natural or what should my goal going into into university be I want to get a university um a complete university education should that have been kind of my overarching goal going in so my question is how when should that goal be super specific and more kind of broad and and how do you account for a little kind of minor tweaks I guess I I would call it so so I like the way you said it I'm gonna get a degree a four-year degree that that's my goal and it might be in commerce, it might be in communications, but I'm going to get a... So I could re-clarify that goal as as my program starts to unfold, but, but abandoning the degree altogether because I got a great paying job, to me, that would be a, a horrible way of re-clarifying your goals. Or, or abandoning the education altogether because the program you were currently in w- did not kind of jive with you as well as, as you had hoped it would. Yeah, so I think you you could re-clarify your goals based on circumstances that have unfolded, but the 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 main the the directional goal was to get that four year degree. I'm still going to do that. It might be in a different program, but I'm still getting the degree. That re-clarifying your goal that I, I want to buy a new truck <laughs> and I need a job and I'm only in my second year, so maybe I'll come back to school after my truck's paid for. To me, that would be a horrible way of re-clarifying a goal. Clearly, I have a problem with trucks. <laughs> so, so you're saying that the goals that you should you make should be these very articulate, well thought out, uh, deep rooted goals that 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 truly are make up your values and your beliefs. The, the the kind of the 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 ones that you feel are 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 your goals that you want to you want to achieve deep in your gut, like those types of goals, not the the surface level goals. I think you need to decide like when you're grade 11 that you want to get a four-year degree. You know, right, that, that's right. a distant goal and you don't know what it's going to be in yet. You might have an idea it's in sciences. You might, it might be it's in business, but you don't know specifics. So I, I think you, you start to dial in and the younger you are, these long-term goals tend to be shorter in the whole scheme of things. Uh, you know, I, I'm working with 10, 15-year windows uh, somebody approaching university be working with you know three and four year windows so but that will seem like a long time to them so it's still a long term goal is just your perspective depending on your age w- what defines long term so uh, let's jump now on to the tenth way to beat procrastination and it is stop and it is to stop overcomplicating things I'm guilty of this quite often is I, I will look at a project and think about everything that could possibly go wrong in this project, you know, and, and try to try to come up with a, a solution for every potential problem. Forget the actual problems. I, I'll try to manage things at such a micro level that I can't get out of my own way to even get started because I haven't yet come up with a solution to every potential problem that may come up. Like, you know, the example I was saying, just say you, you have a, a deck that needs some work. 
the first thing is to strip off the deck boards and see what you have to work with as an understructure. I don't have a deck, but I watched somebody do this. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, watched it, I watched how he did it, and it, it made a lot of sense. Rather than just demo the whole thing, he took off the deck boards and, and he left it there for, for a week and, and really studied it over and decided was the, you know, the understructure rotten or not. But he couldn't tell till he got the deck boards off. So it's, I think you got to go at it back to the first one. You break it into smaller pieces. If you, if you try to, if you have to come up with every contingency before you start, you'll never start. So this point really resonates me with one particular example that you and I faced, Trevor, and that was launching this podcast. And a nice little line within uh, this 10th point here is that there's never a perfect time. And I remember it was summer of 2016 and we, this podcast was something that we wanted to bring to life. But again, there was, there was all these uh, unknown variables and, and eventually we just kind of jumped in and launched it when we were prepared with, uh, with a podcast name and podcast artwork and, and, I think looking back is when the time when you reflect on that it that you didn't need to know all the answers to to have uh, to achieve success. Well, and to your point, it, it evolves. Like we we knew we wanted a podcast, so that's one, and we knew we kind of the topic area we wanted. We we didn't really know the format or or how long it would be or the topics we cover. We I remember at one point we tried to come up with a year's worth of topics just to make yeah. sure we, that there was enough content there. We never did end up using all those topics, right? Because we kind of went in a different direction. And I mean, and you're you're right. If anyone if anyone has been with us since uh, since the early beginnings, the podcast today and the podcast then is greatly in greatly different. I mean, the you're right that everything has really evolved organically. But we burned through quite a, a couple of weeks of of not launching it, coming up with those topic ideas that we never ended up using. Oh yeah, so that no. was that's an example how we overcomplicated this whole process. We we racked our brains and did research for topics that will never ever come to air. So that that's where I don't know we didn't lose much time, but we lost a lot of energy uh, going through that process. Oh, definitely, and to to kind of launch uh, to launch off that point and and to bring it kind of full circle there there's this element of uh perfectionism which which this article states is one of the biggest reasons for for procrastination and i know i'm guilty of this so moving on to the final point in and way that we can beat procrastination point number 11 is get a grip and just do it and this one everyone's been a victim of this you keep putting things off for a different reason every day or every week. It's never the same reason. You're, you're just, you just keep deferring something or, or not changing something in your life. You keep coming up with excuses of why you can't accomplish a goal or move in a particular direction. And the, it, the, the reason changes all the time. And, and if anything, what you've, you've demonstrated is you have an incredible creativity to come up with excuses <laughs> of why you can't do something. So if the, and the thing is you end up stressing about coming up with the excuse and then stressing about not doing the working toward the goals that you have. And, and it ends up being a double-edged sword of, of stress. If I need a new excuse and I, I still haven't got this thing done and it's, it's eaten away at me. So I, this one's called get a grip. I mean, sometimes you just need a, a a sanity check. You know, why am I not doing this? It's, I'll feel so much better if I get this thing done and get it sorted out, get this problem out of my life and I can move on. So a lot of times it's just 
just get it done. And I think this this point really stems from our perceived lack of, of time. And maybe it is real, but I mean, how Trevor, how often have you heard someone say, oh, I don't, I don't have enough time or there's not enough time? Well, there's an expression. People say we overestimate what we can get done in a day and we underestimate what we could get done in a year. And that definitely, definitely rings true. And it going, I want to go all the way back to the, your, uh, your reading example. So I know that resonates with me because if I, if I feel like I don't have enough time to really sit down and get to my, get into a book, I won't read, but really you, you, that's when you thrive, you maximize on those five to 10 minute window periods and, and you get a lot of reading done more than I got done in those five to 10 minutes because I didn't read at all. So I think there's that whole, if I can't get fully into this, if I can't really fully invest myself, why bother? You know, just to that reading thing, just say you're reading a book that's got really long chapters and in, in and you know, I, I haven't got time to read this 20-page chapter, so I won't even start. I, I just test yourself. If you read, you know, five pages in the morning, and then you come home, and after supper, you take off from that same spot, you will be astonished with how much you remember by just reading you know, the, just the previous paragraph over again. The whole story just comes flooding back. It, it is, you have to do it to really appreciate, just going back to the reading example, how much you retain in reading fiction, nonfiction, doesn't matter. I just go back one or two paragraphs of something where I've already read it and I just continue on going and it's like, I, I haven't missed a beat. So that is, I, I can't stress enough. If, if you're procrastinating reading a book, break it into little wee pieces and it is a, it's a game changer. So, and I, now I want, I want to take this point back to personal finance specifically. So when we're talking about procrastination in terms of maybe getting our personal finances on track, I think there could always be that shiny truck in the way that's that kind of gets in the way of, of, of actually getting a grip. But you know what? Procrastination, it, there's, it's, I don't think there's too many direct links to personal finance and procrastination. It, it's behaviors that lead to bad personal finance decisions that you're procrastinating on. So I, I don't think... There's like, but I, I mean, for, for the, so if you're trying to, if you're trying not to, uh, rack up as much, uh, if you're not, it's kind of spend less on kind of just consumer items. If that's your kind of goal or, or you're trying to get your way out of debt and, and you kind of are like, okay, I'm just going to buy this one more thing. I'm just going to buy this one more thing. I know that is behaviorally driven, but I think if you procrastinate on starting and embarking on, on and just just taking that leap to just make that active decision that today is going to be the day that I'm going to change my uh, my thought patterns and my actual behaviors and I think that could be beneficial. But but procrastination is spending money is not an act of procrastination. If anything, not spending money is procrastination. So it's it's act it's actually the opposite. So. What people are procrastinating on is setting up an, a savings account or setting up an, an investing account to, to for that to consume their money instead of random purchases. Yeah, and I think I think that's what that's what I was I was trying to get at. But that point was that you're kind of putting off putting off achieving some personal finance related goal again because you just you haven't just just leaped into it because I think. When it maybe if you are in in a place of a financial place where you you want to move forward from, I mean again 
the, the where you are and maybe where you want to get to does seem a little bit intimidating. So again, going back through breaking it down into points and then plus this point, just getting a grip on it and just, just leaping in, I think could be beneficial. I, I, we talked about a lot about like, you know, health and, and fitness and, and reading and, and things like that. If you can get those aspect, aspects of your life in gear and moving in the right direction, everything else tends starts to fall into place and you get motivated to, to do more positive things in your life and your finances will follow that direction. When you start doing other things well in your life, your money will follow that. But I'm, I'm talking about an example where if you start feeling good about yourself, you won't be reaching for retail therapy to help bail you out of a, a bad day at work. If you start doing things where you just feel good, you won't need to buy that next shiny thing to get you out of a state of depression. So that's where, you know, beating procrastination changes your frame of mind and it, it just, you won't need to buy those new clothes to feel good about yourself. You'll already feel good about yourself. And you can, and, and by doing those things, it prove, you prove to yourself that you, you, you don't have, you don't fall victim to procrastination and that you can uh, start working towards achieving your goals. So Trevor, that brings us to the end of our 11 po points on ways to beat procrastination from this incredible article that we'll have linked in our show notes. And to our listeners, if you have any other ways that you go to to beat procrastination in your own life, we'd love to hear about those. Um, send us an email, hit up our contact submission form and let us know. We'd, uh, we'd love to explore kind of other, other options and other ways that, uh, that have actually worked for you. Trevor, before we uh, wrap up, is there any final thoughts you have for this episode? So of these 11 things, the one that wasn't mentioned in here that is a common one for a lot of people is perfection. People strive for perfection, and if they can't get perfection, they procrastinate and they, they put it off. There's an expression that says, perfection is the enemy of done. And on that note, that brings us to the end of our episode. Look forward to an upcoming uh, listener Q&A and listener write-in episode. If you have anything you want to get included in that, make sure to head over to our Facebook page or Instagram page where I've recently posted a post and you can comment there with anything um, from questions or comments or feedback that you'd like to be included. Or you can also go over to our website at livelifesimple.ca or email us at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com. That it brings us the... That's the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for being here with us this week. And we can't wait to have you back next week with a new episode. Until then, keep it simple.